This is Story Quest. Brand new stories you'll want to hear again and again. With an expert swing on the propeller, Tala brings the Tiger Moth's engine to life. Biggles Babala, Bibi for short, is impressed. Tala's youth spent helping out at the flying circus had clearly taught her a lot about vintage aircraft. Her two cubs sit squeezed together in the front cockpit, full of excited anticipation for their first ever flight. Let's take a selfie, Bitu! We look cool in our flying helmets and goggles! Moments later, the tiger moth is roaring down the airstrip and woohoo! It takes off. As they begin to climb, Bitu turns to his sister. Look, Mati! All the people look so small from up here, just like ants! What? That can't be, thinks Mati. They're only a hundred meters up. She looks at her little brother closely, reaches over and flicks a few actual ants off his goggles. (laughs) You're such an airhead, Bitu! After a thrilling reconnaissance flight, the tigers are back at the cave discussing options. Tala sums up. So it's agreed. The ravine by the abandoned district officer's bungalow is the best spot to confront the poachers. Out in the forest, near the abandoned bungalow, Raj looks down at the sloth bears in the bottom of the pit. That's perfect! Three meters deep and big enough to hold four people. You guys really can dig. The sloth bears smile. They're glad to play their part in trying to combat the poaching menace in Tigeropolis. They rest to admire their handiwork whilst happily munching a snack of some juicy termites they've unearthed while digging. Matti's also hard at work, dragging foliage across to cover the hole. Let's get these branches over the top and scatter some leaves around. Then the pit will blend into the surroundings and be hidden. Uncle Raj helps his niece with the bigger branches. Where's Bittu? Oh, he's gone to check the porcupines are okay, Uncle. They're still up on the ridge and getting very grumpy. They really don't like the sunlight. But they are vital. Once the poachers fall in, we must act fast if we are to contain them. The porcupines need to rush forwards immediately. They've only seconds to surround the rim with an impenetrable ring of sharp quills. We don't want anyone climbing out and escaping. Uncle Raj drags the final branch into position and he and Matti survey the hidden pit trap, satisfied that it will work. Hear that, Uncle? The peacock on the far side of the ravine is calling. And look, it's flashing its tail feathers too. That's our signal. Action stations, Matti. 
Let's take our positions close to our trap. I hope Bittu is going to be all right. Raj and Matti conceal themselves in the undergrowth. The poachers are approaching, moving stealthily, closely following the trail of perfectly stamped pug marks that the tigers had carefully laid out earlier. Savita leans towards the gang leader Raghu. She's getting suspicious. Don't you find this a bit strange? I've never seen such perfect paw prints in all my years trapping tigers. Raghu ponders. Savita has a point. These pug marks are the crispest he's ever seen too. He signals one of his gang to make their way up the side of the ravine to provide some cover and act as a lookout. Nearby, at keeping silent, Matti and her uncle exchange worried glances. Has their using the perfect print pug marker made the trail too obviously a fake? Maybe the poachers are realizing that they are being led into a trap. Up on the ridge, Pitu is surrounded, struggling to manage twenty hot and very prickly porcupines. The scorching sun really does not agree with them, and they are letting him know it. Trying not to flinch with all those spines around, Pitu twitches only his nose. He's got the unmistakable whiff of a sweaty human, wafting in the breeze. He turns around and spots a large man, dressed in dusty camouflage fatigues and carrying a large gun, heading straight towards him. The porcupines sense the danger too, but unfortunately, they do what porcupines instinctively do in such situations. They simply turn away from the threat, roll into a tight ball, and stick their quills out aggressively. To form a barrier of needle-sharp, spiky spines, trapping Bitu in the middle of their circle. It's impossible for him to jump over, and the poachers closing in. Oh no! What do I do? He's gonna get me! What's that? Oh, can't see. Sun's in my eyes. Bitu is grabbed from above and jerked violently away from the center of the porcupine ring. Within seconds, he is dangling a hundred meters up in the air. Woohoo! Mom, I've got you, son. Brave Tala is hanging upside down, strapped onto the upper wing of the tiger moth. She's got a tight grip on her cub, and she's not letting go. A few minutes later, the flying tigers are safely back on the ground by their cave. Thank you, Bibi. You and Mum saved me. Well, your mother and I thought we might be needed, so we kept watch from the air. <laughs> um, I need some help now, actually, to get me out of this harness. Oh yes, once a wing walker, always a wing walker, right, Tala? Well, I think I'm done with the aerobatics for one day. I'm just glad my son is safe. This 
is a Bell Media production narrated by Ashwika Kapoor, written by R.D. Dijkstra, story editor Angela Sold, supported by the Audio Content Fund. Thanks for coming on a story quest with us. If you like that story, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you never miss an episode. 